Amen. All right, all right. Thank you so much, uh, Ferdy. So good to have Ferdy back and uh, uh, Aaron up there pounding on the, what is that, the cajon? Cajon. Go home. Go home. No, cajon. Okay, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, wow. It's good to see you. Uh, everybody feeling pretty good? Hmm? All right, that's nice. Have a good weekend so far? Nice. Okay, um, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit tired. You don't want to hear about all that. Uh, the boys put me to work uh, down, down on the farm. This arm hurts. Don't touch it. Uh, I had that old bow saw chainsaw working out yesterday down, I mean, in the back in the lower 40, and whew, it ain't what it used to be. Anybody ever had a heat stroke? I was that far from one. It was... Lord, be with Jonathan, and we're so thankful that there are people that love this hotness. The heat, man, you like the cold, Jonathan? No, not at all. Okay, there we go. Now we know. Okay. Um, you know, today uh, we are just, there's words, words, words. I, re- I remember there's uh, a real special person in our church that I get to work with quite often, and um, but, you know, there are, um, hanging around me, you know, you are susceptible to hearing a lot of these words. And I, and I remember being around this individual, female individual, uh, early one morning, and I was yakking about something. And then they just put their hand up and said, too many words. <laughs> too many words. Uh, we, uh, let's just go ahead and just kind of just put that out there. Uh, we live in a culture and a society in a time that there's just too many words. There's just really too many words. And, um, and especially when it comes to labels, you know, and, and, and the problem is, is that, that we, we're all prone to kind of, you know, embrace labels cause it kind of is that low hanging fruit. You know, we're not real good at, at, we like things to be black or white, and so we we put a label on it, and uh, and and then it kind of gives us you know a sense of uh, control or a sense of confidence or like we know what we're getting into or whatever. And 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 it's true when it comes to like our clothing and you know the cars we drive or things of this nature. You know, labels helps us identify stuff. But where that has uh, taken a, a, a turn south and really become just very wrong, especially is in the church, when, when we adopt labels uh, when it comes to people. And, uh, and you know, uh, it has uh, caused uh, us to have a lot of stinking thinking. It has, has resulted in us uh, really missing out on, on, on the truth that God has for us. And, and, and tr- the truth of the matter is, is that many people live in a sense of insecurity or depression or inadequacy or, or feeling less than uh, because we have, uh, we, we've associated certain labels with being okay, you know. And so last week, we, we took some time to, to be reminded of, of Jesus' uh, invitation to us to, to really be his follower. And today, we're going to really continue that. And we're going to be, for today and then two more weeks, we're going to uh, continue this series called uh, Back to the Basics. And, and I really think, especially in the day and time in which we live, uh, 
uh, there is so much damage that is done whenever we, uh, you know, uh, just uh, take the easy route out and, 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 and try to relate uh, to certain labels. There's one label, there's one label uh, that Jesus has for those that follow him and that is important to him. You know, forget all the others. When, you know, we're trying to size people up and see where you are and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and we just add all of these adjectives and all of these descriptions, you know, to try to figure out where you are. And, and here's the bottom line. You're, if you're not this, it doesn't matter. And that is disciple. My disciple. And so I think there's a, is there an a outline? Or, uh, there's an outline in your bulletin. Uh, I do know, I did know that Gail Nelson fainted before she came in. Uh, so j- just, you know, give her some grace. Uh, and because seeing that right there, I know, I, I know that this is a little, little bit much. But uh, this is the first time we've really had an outline uh, since before COVID. And so uh, I'm going to ask if you can, I'll try to help you uh, follow along with this. But, you know, in Jesus' uh public ministry, um, what he did, the very first thing, you know, he did was to go about uh, bringing around himself these disciples. And on the very first verse there on your outline in Matthew 9, 9, I I love the way the Amplified puts it. He says, as Jesus went from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, follow me, parentheses, as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walked. And Matthew got up and followed him. So here, here's, we want to, here's where we really want to camp out uh, today is ask God just to kind of uh, d- just clear our minds, clear our hearts, and, and let him speak to us right here on August the 7th of 2022. Just, uh, just say, Lord, just kind of do a, uh, a cl- you know, do a clear, clear it out, and let me understand what it is that you want me to know about you and about me uh, when it comes to being a follower of yours. So, over these next three weeks, we're going to t- look at six really identifying marks as far as what it really means to be a disciple. We touched on that last week, which is very, very hard saying, uh, but. Uh, we're going to take two a week, and we're just going to ask the Lord to help us marinate in this. Because the reality is, is that all of us have adjustments that we need to make. And uh, we need to ask Him to help us to take, uh, I, I, love the, uh, uh, um, I, I love the saying of uh, G. Uh, G. Chesterton, uh, who said, for every look at self, take 10,000 looks at Christ. And so for every look at what, you know, we're used to looking at out there, take 10,000 looks at Christ. Let's look to Jesus to see what he has to say for, uh, to us in this. Um, the, the offer that Jesus made here to Matthew, you know, over 2,000 years ago, he's still making that offer. You know, come and follow me. Come be my disciple. And so I want us to spend some time looking at, you know, what that really is. What, you know, what is a disciple? Uh, you know, the word disciple comes from a, a Latin word, um, disciples, uh in the Greek is uh, mathetes, uh, which is in the Bible. It's student, it's learner, it's pupil, it's apprentice. Um, 
And, uh, and, and in the Bible, it's used four different ways when it comes to this word disciple. First, it really refers to anybody who's being trained by anybody else. You know, uh, if you're being training, you have a supervisor who's training you. Uh, you're being discipled by this individual. Uh, Joshua was Moses' disciple. Elisha was Elijah's uh, disciple. Uh, Solomon was David's disciple. Uh, John the Baptist had disciples. Paul had disciples. And so it's just uh, anybody who's being trained by someone else. And uh, that's the first way. The second way it's referred to in the Bible is it's talking about Jesus' 12 disciples, specific, uh, physically, these 12 guys who were Jesus' disciples. Uh, the third way that is used in the Bible is found in the book of Acts, and that's just a synonym for being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's just a, it's, uh, it's just a, um, what it means to be a Christian. You know, the, the, the early Christians were not called uh, Christians uh, in, in those early centuries. Uh, they, were, they were disciples of the way. They were, you know, followers of Christ, these little Christ, as you would call it. Uh, but uh, what I want us to really look at and cap out on today is say, Jesus, okay, uh, this, this time in history does not take you by surprise. You're not wringing your hands going, oh, oh, there's too many words, too many words, too many words. No, but he can help each one of us to experience what it truly means to be a disciple and to, be, uh, and to experience abundant life. And so let's look and see what Jesus used when he was using this term uh, and what he wants us to know today. And what Jesus often did is he would take familiar terms and then he would inject new meaning to it. And, and so we're, we're going to allow him through these passages in the Bible to understand what it means to be his disciple. There were over 10 times in, in Scripture that Jesus says, you know, if you do this, then you are my disciple. If this is going on, then you're my disciple. And uh, so we can take and, and lay our lives out across what Scripture has to say to see if we're, um, you know, uh, just if we just have a profession of this faith of Christianity or if, if our lives and attitudes and actions and behaviors are lining up to what Jesus has to say uh, about discipleship. Um, when we understand this, uh, it tells us what we need to be doing. When, when we uh, allow this to lay the template across our lives, it tells us what we need to be doing with our time, our resources, how we should be functioning as a church. And so uh, we're just laying it open, saying, all right, God, have, have at it, have your way with us when it comes to this uh, today. Today, we're going to look at two of, them, two of them. Number one is on your outline, to be a disciple, I must, I must spend time with Jesus. Now, I spent some time uh, in doing this outline, uh, and I wanted to go with, to be a disciple, I spend time with Jesus. That's what I wanted to say. Because that word must is just a little pushy, you know. But then I, I said, all right, Lord, what does your word say? And he goes, in order to be a disciple, I must spend time with Jesus. Um, and, and let's look at this uh, verse right here uh, uh, coming up in uh, chapter, I mean, John chapter 12, 26. He says, anyone... 
first verse under that point one, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So it's just saying I, I, it's a lot of time with him. Uh, like any relationship, the more time that we invest in that relationship, the more we're going to get out of it. But here's what it's saying. We cannot be a part-time disciple of Jesus Christ. We cannot, therefore, we cannot be a part-time Christian. We cannot be a part-time follower of Christ. Uh, we don't fit this, uh, oh, oh, this faith or this spiritual. We don't fit it into our schedule. Uh, we fit our lives into to his um and uh you know when it comes to and we, we understand this you know practically when it comes to the work world uh you don't get hired on uh you know gordon you know you wouldn't have somebody you hire and you're going to train them to be an electrician and they say yeah okay i'm available from uh uh you know noon i usually like to sleep in and i'm available to noon to you know maybe seven or eight o'clock and, and and you don't do that you know as a Men, men, mentee or as a disciple. No, you fit yourself into their schedule. And, you know, as parents, we are disciplers. You know, and as my, my dad growing up, uh, 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 I fit myself into his schedule. And, you know, growing up, and especially as a teenager, I, I wanted to sleep in a little bit. But, uh, you know, we had those linoleum, linoleum floors. You remember those? Uh, uh, none of y'all. Okay. Uh, anyhow, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and I would I would hear my daddy. You know, he'd be in the kitchen. You know, it's a small house, and uh, he'd say, "All right, you know, he, are you up?" He said, "I'm coming that way. I better hit them. Hear those feet hit the floor." You know, and I'd get up and I'd get on the side of bed and I'd do that, and I'd try to you know. But the, what that is saying is, hey, when he says rise and shine, rise and shine, you fit yourself into their schedule. So here's, here's Jesus is, is saying that as his disciples, we come under his lordship, his leadership. Uh, we come into his schedule. We can't be a disciple just a few minutes a day. Um, it's a constant conversation, a constant process. And that's what he's saying in this, in this particular verse. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. You ever tried to follow somebody in Atlanta traffic and got just absolutely lost, you know, because of all the cars cutting in front of you and stuff? It just amazes me how close. It's like, it's like uh, you know, the, the, the NASCAR races. I mean, you don't, if, you, if you allow any space between you and the person in front of you, zip, 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 zip. And I don't know why that irritates me, but it does. Y'all pray for me, okay? It's like, what are you thinking, you know? And then you just say, okay. If you're going to do that, you know, I get right in there, Mr. NASCAR, and it's like, I'm not going to let you do that anymore. Felicia taught me that. Uh, anyway, so, you know, it's in following Jesus, it's kind of, it's easy for us in this world that everything that we've got coming at us and all the beliefs and, you know, all the taglines and you know, stuff that's being spouted out in, you know, social media and and. Just, and people say it, it's, it's easy for us to get lost and distracted. But here's Jesus saying, if you, if you want to serve me, if you want to be my disciple, you must follow me. And, and to follow him means that we must spend uh, time with Jesus. And, 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 and it's on his time.
Now, this verse is really packed with a lot of meaning. Uh, it teaches three, three things, I think, about discipleship. And that should be one of uh, my goals for e all of us uh, who gather here and for our leadership here and our elders here is to help us to be these disciples. Uh, but the first thing that we learn from this verse is that, and it's on your outline, you can fill in the blank, discipleship is a choice. You know, it's something that we choose to do. We get up every single day and say, I will choose uh, to follow Jesus. You know, I, I will choose uh, to, to follow you today. It's a choice. Uh, and uh, it says there, anyone who wants to, anyone, you might just want to want, what's your, how's your want to doing? You, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Uh, so it, it's a choice. Uh, I, I like uh, the way the Amplified puts it. Uh, it's not on your outline. It says, if, if anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me. And then here's in parentheses, without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith for me. What? Okay, so... Here's Jesus saying, this is, this is it. It's not about uh, any, kind of, any kind of description that we've grown up with. I mean, I grew, you know, grew up you know, in, in Grady, Alabama, you know, going to church. And I'll tell you this, my idea of what it meant to be a Christian at that time is radically different than, than what we see right here in God's Word. You know, it's like, okay, if you, you just go to church and you kind of be, don't do, uh, drink, hope, uh, smoke, cuss or chew, or hang around with folks that do, you know, and, and try to be, you know, a pretty good person, be good to people, and, 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 and that's not it at all. Here, you know, here's Jesus saying, you know, number one, it's, it's a choice that we make, and the only reason that we would make a choice like this is, is because we know what desperate, deep weeds that we are in apart from the salvation of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, looked at that, we looked at that last week. So, really, here's the deal. At the, at the end of this year, in 2022, uh, we're not going to be a, a growing disciple or more mature unless we choose to. We, we make that intentional choice. It's not automatic. Uh, it's intentional. Uh, it doesn't just happen. It's just that we don't get caught up in the vortex with other people around us. It's an individual choice that we make. Uh, discipleship is a choice. And we all know, and, uh, right, you know, you can grow up, with, uh, you can grow old without growing up, right? You, now, I don't need you to elbow anybody right now, uh, but we, we, know, we know what I'm talking about here. You know, it's, it's, we can grow old without, you know, maturing. We can be... You know, spiritually immature, we can be emotionally immature, uh, we can be very selfish and self-centered. Uh, but here's Jesus saying, uh, I want you to, to, to acknowledge what I've done for you and I want you to choose. And the truth is, is that we can all be as close to God as we want to be, as we choose to be. We, we, we can't blame it on our boyfriend, our girlfriend. We can't blame it on our parents. We can't blame it on our spouse. Uh, we can't blame it on our boss. We can't blame it on circumstances. But how many times have we heard people just, uh, you know, just, uh, just turning away because of something, you know? Uh, you've heard the old adage, you know, 
Uh, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? Not him. Not him. It's a choice that we make. Number two, discipleship is a commitment. Discipleship is a commitment. And uh, what, what we can all say is like, all right, Lord, uh, I want that one word. I want to lose all the other labels in my life, and I just want to be your disciple. And, and, and so I am committing this year uh, to, to get with it, you know, and, uh, you know, to get it into gear uh, and to allow you to do all within me and in our body that, that you want to do. It's a commitment. Here's where, where Jesus says, uh, uh, in, in this verse right here, anyone who wants. So that, that's, that's a commitment right there. Circle that. Um, and he's saying that it's just a ministry of presence that we continue to live uh, in, in his presence. Uh, we've got to move it, move it, move it, you know, to be in his presence. Um, all right, and this is true in every area of life. Uh, we make commitments uh, uh, in every area of life. And when we make a commitment, it leads to growth in our life. You know, uh, I, I mean, uh, in our, it's an opportunity for growth in our life. You know, we, we commit to go to school. There's an opportunity for growth. We, uh, we commit to get married. You know, there's an opportunity for growth. Uh, I, for, you've heard me say it was, wasn't until I got married that I realized, you know, how selfish I truly am. You know, I, I thought I was a good catch until after I got married. But it's an opportunity for us to grow in, in, in our lives. Um, and so anytime we, we make these commitments and we say, Lord, <laughs> uh, I, I commit to being your disciple. And the truth is we become what we're committed to. We are sum total of our commitments. Um, and the problem, though, is that we've got so many options today. You know, here, here, we can't be committed to everything. And, and, and some of you are like me. It's like you don't want to miss out on anything. You know, you, don't, you, you, you want to be with that person. You want to be to that person. You want to do this. You know, uh, you want to wear nice clothes. You want to have this. You want to have that. You can't be committed to everything. And so we have to be selective in our commitments. And the problem is, is that some of us, uh, it's not by it's not because we're choosing to, but we're we're overcommitting to things uh, that really aren't that important. And so here's Jesus said, discipleship is a choice. Discipleship is a commitment. Uh, it's the greatest commitment in our life. Um, and so if we as a church, if we as individuals, and we as a church are to, to be true, real followers of Jesus Christ that are salt and light, then it is this intentional commitment on our part to continue to, to expose ourselves to our Lord, our Master, our Savior, our, our Discipler, and say, any adjustments you want me to make? Now, you've heard ad nauseum, you know, about our trip to Alaska, and... Uh, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. And, you know, if you catch those fish, guess what you got to do? You got to clean those fish. And so um, probably, I don't know, we caught over 200, you know, 200, 250. I don't know how many. But every one of those, you, you got to fillet them and you got to go through the whole process. Now, filleting pretty big fish is not necessarily easy. And I have butchered some. 
but I think I've become pretty good. And uh, so I would be there filleting, and I would ask the, you know, the guy that owns the place and, and, and the, the folks that live up there, you know, I'd get up there and I'd go, and um, I'd say, okay, on a scale of one to ten, what's that? Guess what I got? Guess what I got? I got a 9.5. <laughs> yeah, I did. Now, there's a few of them I'm glad I didn't show them because they just, I just lost my head. 9.5. Feeling pretty good at it. But here, here's, part, here's part of the deal. Uh, I'll, anybody that's up there that's filleting, you know, those, I will go up there and, and still to this day see how they do it. I want to see how they do it. I want to see how they do it. Hopefully that means I'm teachable. And, and you know, why would I be, why would I be unwilling to, to learn from somebody else? Well, that's called pride. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, now, I know, I know a, a lot of us have that tendency is, not, you know, not to, not to be open to be teachable. And especially when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, we're locked into our way. We're locked into our thinking. And the problem is that that could be stinking thinking. And God, and, but here's the deal. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're, we're going to, as individuals and as a body, we're going to just kind of lay ourselves out before him in these coming weeks. And, and, and I believe in the coming months and say, all right, Lord, how would you rate this? And when he gives us a, a two on that, uh, we're just going to make the adjustment. And, and if he gives us a 9.5, we're going to say, only by grace. Only by grace. Only by grace that a you know, redneck country boy from uh, uh, Grady, Alabama can know how to flay a salmon. You know, only by grace. Uh, and, and to God be the glory. So, Oh, there it is. All right. Um, the deal is, is that it, it is a commitment, but we don't make these all at once. And, and we, we get locked into some um, a problem here sometimes is that we live in the microwave generation and we want everything. We want it now. And, uh, but it doesn't always come that way. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a process. And we need, to, we need to look at this very natural uh, thing uh, as far as life here on earth and let, let that be an example for us, you know. And so now, um, you know, we're in the stage, you know, you've seen my, my grandbabies and all that kind of stuff, and we're delighting in them. But we're not expecting, you know, we're not expecting them to cook dinner for us. You know, we're not, we're not expecting them to, to drive us, you know, even though I'm getting older, to drive us around, you know, like, you know, driving Miss Daisy. No, nope, we're, not, we're not expecting any of that. Um, why? Because they're, they're babies, and it's a process. Now, we need to do the same thing when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ. When we choose and when we make commitments uh, to him, we can't expect a new believer to act uh, just like somebody that's been following the Lord for, you know, 30 or 40 years. It's a development process. And, um, you know, if we look at Scripture, we'll see that you know, uh, if you do a study of, of Jesus, every time Jesus says, come in, in Scripture uh, uh, or come to me, uh, you, 
you, you'll see that there is a process. The very, the very first instant of Jesus' public ministry, uh, when he starts his ministry, he, he says in uh, John chapter 1, come and see. Just come and see. You know, and, and, and what's he doing here? He says, just come check it out. You know, not, hey, I want you to come and, and deny yourself. And uh, No, he said, come and see. And, and that needs to be the first place that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, are when we go out into the world. Come and see. Come and, come and check out my attitude. Come and check out my action and my behavior. Come and see. Come and see. But with so much negativity and so much hatred and so much division and, and so much judgment... No, one, no, no wonder so much of the world is having a hard time seeing the love of Jesus Christ. We, see, we, got, we, 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 we done got pulled into this label stuff. Jesus says, come and see. And it was after they came and saw that it leads to, it leads to greater transformation in their lives. Um, you know, and that should be our that should be our our position as followers of Jesus Christ. Come check it out. Come check out my attitudes. Come check out my love. Come check out my willingness uh, to love my enemy. Come and see. That's part of what you know this this service is all about. You you get a friend and say, just come and see. Come and see. You know. Um, all right. That's where Jesus starts with people. We see that in there. And then after he does that, then he says, come and follow. Come and follow. Uh, we can't put the cart before the horse here. And, and, and this is, unfortunately, this is what we do so often. You know, get right. Come and follow. You know, follow this. Follow this line. No, nope, no. Nope. Come and see. Come and check. This. Come and check me out. Uh, after that, the it, it gets it gets a little bit more um, interesting. See, once you come and see, and once you come and follow Jesus, he he. Uh, so many of these comes in in scripture. Are times where he says, "I want you to come into relationship with me, and in doing this, you, you'll experience these promises." Matthew chapter eleven, he says, "If you're tired, come to me, and I'll give you rest." Uh, John chapter seven, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink, and you'll thirst no more. John chapter five, he says, "Come to me, and you'll have life." John eight, he says, "If you follow me, you won't stumble in darkness." Uh, John chapter ten, he says, "Those who come to me will be saved." So, see, he's inviting them to come, and he's going to meet needs in their life. Of course, you know my favorite invitation in John 21, 12, you know, after the resurrection where he says, come and have breakfast. Now, that's a good one. It's, it's in Scripture. <laughs> come and have breakfast. By the way, great breakfast this morning, Fifi. Thank you for that. Um, it's just like you come to me, and I'll just I'll wrap you up in, in these provisions these promises but again as 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 time passed in this relationship 
Jesus began to require more of his disciples, and he's helping them to grow in their commitment. Um, Mark chapter 8, he says, come and deny yourself. And then, you know, there's, you, that's when you kind of start wiggling a little bit and squirming. Uh, Jesus and, and Matthew 8, 22, it's just confusing. Uh, come and follow me and let the be- dead bury the dead. Luke chapter 9, come and take up your cross. Last week we looked at uh, Luke chapter 14. He said, you can't uh, be the, my disciple unless you give up everything. So it, it, it is a process of coming to Jesus and experiencing him and his provision in our life. So... Um, it's practical, it's practical. And part of, you know, what we see uh, as far as people coming to a faith and relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, and and class 101, for those of you who've been through class 101, we've got the concentric circles, you've got the community, you know, and that's that's just just come and see. Uh, And and then after the community, you know, you've got the crowd uh, who comes and sees. And then after the crowd, you've got the congregation, and that's saying, okay, come and become a part of this. You know, commit your life. And, and then there's the committed uh, who commit to being, uh, following Jesus and to the spiritual disciplines. And then, you know, it gets to the core of being commissioned, a commissioned follower of Jesus Christ. It's just a practical things that we do as being followers of Jesus Christ. All right, so uh, discipleship's a choice. Discipleship's a commitment. Number three, discipleship's a relationship. Discipleship's a relationship. Um, Jesus says and, and that if anyone who wants anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the father will honor anyone who serves me so it's just saying it's a relationship it's not just a bunch of beliefs and, you know, uh, it's a relationship with a living Lord. We talk about that all the time here. And it's just doing life with Jesus. And how do you do that in the same ways that you have a relationship with anybody? It's a lot of conversations and a lot of dialogue. And, and it's, it's not just on weekends. It's not just on Sundays. But it's every single day. You know, it's having these dialogues and these conversations all through the day. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, first start, to, to, you know, having these conversations with God, you know, just in praying, you just feel like it's some, you start off to feel like it's just a one way, you know, just a one way conversation. Uh, but then, you know, after a while it starts developing, you know, at first, you know, you're going, um, was that God or was that me? You know, you said, I don't know. But the more we have these dialogues, Jesus says, hey, my, my sheep know my voice. And it's, it's, it's through relationship because we've made a choice, we've made a commitment, and we're doing life with him each and every day. Relationship. But we've got to be with him. You've got to be with him all through the day, every day. Um, I must spend time with Jesus. So just kind of lay yourself out. Fillet that part of the day, lay it out before Jesus and say, okay, what does that look to you, Lord? And he'll tell you, he said, well, that's about, a, that's about a two. Or maybe that's a 9.5. I don't know. Lay it out for him. Number two, second one, to be a disciple, I must love Jesus supremely. 
I must love Jesus supremely. Here's what he says in uh, Luke 14. This is what we looked at last week. He said, and, I, and here's the New Living Translation. If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. What? What's he saying is that our love for God is to be so intense that everything else pales in comparison. And we struggle with this. I just had a conversation this, you know, this last week talk from, last, uh, from last Sunday. It's like, whew, man, I love my wife. I love my food. You know, I love my grandbabies. I love my children. You know, I, I love uh, Grady, Alabama. I love the fact that Red's little schoolhouse did not close down. I love that. But he said, everything else by comparison. And we just, Jesus is up there supreme. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that we can't love that way. We, you and you and you and, you and me, we cannot do that in and of ourselves. Matter of fact, we, there is no love apart from God. God, God is love. But as we are in an intentional relationship with him, uh, that love grows within us and our, our, our adoration of him. And, and really, loving God more than anything else, you know what that's called? That's called worship. That's, 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 that's worship. Um, and, and guys, you know, let me just talk to us a little bit. Um, you know, as a dad or as a husband, the greatest gift that we can give our families uh, is to love God and to love Jesus supremely. Uh, what that does is takes a lot of insecurity off the table. Uh, it, it, if we love God supremely, there's this idea like, well, it just builds trust. It just builds trust. Knowing that God is first. Uh, and foremost in our life. Uh, the Bible says, just as Jesus gave his life for the church, husbands are to lay down their lives for their wives. And we cringe. But the greatest security that we can give our families is to let them know that we love God most of all. Uh, so, you know, this is in your line. Fill this out. Discipleship is measured by love. Discipleship is measured by love. It's not measured by how much you know. It's not measured just with your Bible knowledge. It's not measured by your skills or your words. Uh, it's not measured by how, how often you attend church. Uh, you know, uh, even all of that stuff. It's not measured by that. It's measured by love. We take that and we flay that out. Our lives, our attitudes toward others. Now, I'm not talking about the people just in the church. He does start there. He said that by this shall the world know that you're my what? Disciple. But you love one another. How do we treat one another? Our attitudes toward one another. But we take this and see how that not only extends here, but outside the walls of the family of faith. Discipleship is measured by love. Here's Mark 12, 29 through 30. The most important commandment is this. All right, so it's out of all of them in the Bible. 
You must love the Lord your God. Now, that's the top thing more than anything else. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's called real discipleship. Radical discipleship. Loving God radically. I love him more than anything else. We lay this and we lay it out and say, all right, how, how are we doing on this? And he'll let us know because, see, that's the role and the job of the Holy Spirit. If we're honest, if we come before him. So we, we, just, we just worship him. And, and that means that we're not worried about how this really looks to anybody else. You know, sometimes, you know, we'll come in here. And there have been times like, I'm, I remember when I first got around folks that would, you know, do music work and would raise their hands and be like, what's going on here? Like, if, what, if I, uh, uh, that's all about me. That's a, that's a me. That's me. And Jesus says, you've got to deny yourself. I think a beautiful picture of of what this is and it looks like is whenever whenever we lay down our life, then there is this radical devotion and adoration uh, for Jesus and God and what He's done for us. And here's a here's a picture. I don't know if any can y'all see this right here. Are there? No, it's good looking, ain't? It? No, it's all eat up. It's maned up. The dog. Bit me here. The new puppy. Y'all, y'all knew the saga, poor Keller, you know. But now we got a new puppy. Thank you, Bo. Um, uh, his name is Sonny D. And he's, you know, he's about so high. He's beautiful. Uh, you know, and, and I, he's already special. He didn't mean to do this. I was pulling something from him, and he went to get it, and, and he got me. But, but here's what happens every time I come up to Sonny D. He's just that tail's wagging, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, jumping on you, you know, happy and tongue sticking up, all that kind of stuff. And that's not fear. That's not anger. That's not resentment. That's just love. You know, you you remember that I heard this, and I'm probably going to mess up. You remember it said, if you want to find out who loves you most, lock your wife and your dog in the trunk of the car for four hours, and then whenever you unopen it, see who's wagging their tail. <laughs> that probably wasn't appropriate. I'm sorry. But that's the picture. When I'm sitting here going, I'm worried about what other people are thinking. That's, that's just saying, that, come on, let's just make that choice, make that choice, make that commitment, let's do life together, and because my love's going to transform your life. We take this and we go, if, if it is loving him, what are some things, God, that you would have me do, not do, what are adjustments that I can make to where I'm loving you supremely? These things are pretty staggering right here. I mean, two right here. Spend time with Jesus. 
Love him supremely. Y'all thank God because we got the two easy ones out of the way. Now you go, what do I do with this? Ask Jesus. The one who loves you most who's already demonstrated. The one who says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly, not take it away from you. Know that you may have life. And pray that today that we um, grow profoundly in our commitment to being exclusively disciples of Jesus Christ. Of no one else. Not any other talk, you know, talking lines or anything no, of, of Jesus. Let Jesus speak into our heart and our minds about who we are and then who he would have us to be in the world in which we live. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that um, you're good to us. Uh, thank you that you did come that we would have life. Thank you that you've not left us out here just to figure it out. Now, God, give us a, some tunnel vision because there's so many words, so many words out in our society, in our culture, even in our churches and Jesus. But we want to we hear you. And we won't allow our, because of our f- commitment to you and our fellowship of you to help us to fall radically and wonderfully in love with you and experience the abundance that you've given us. Lord, there may be someone here who's done the church thing and, and they've, they've, got the, uh, they've done the words, but today your Holy Spirit has said, you know, you, you've, never, you've never come and opened your heart truly to me, to me, Savior of the world, King of kings and Lord of lords. And today I... I I want to come into your life. He just says, if you just believe in your heart that Jesus is truly the King of kings, Lord of lords, that he is supreme, uh, that he died for you and he rose again to give you his life, then confess that with your mouth and say, Jesus, come in. I turn totally to you. I'd like to know about that and pray along with you and come alongside. God never intended for us to go this alone. Uh, It is personal, but it's not private. Not doing life with Jesus. Now, for those of us, um, members here, followers here, um, I want to... I want to challenge each of us to, to take and, and just lay our lives just out right now on the altar and say, Lord, would you not let me to justify myself? But would you kind of inspect this fillet of spending time with you? Would you inspect my love for you and others? I praise you that there is now, therefore, no condemnation that are for those who are in Jesus Christ. But, Lord, there is confession. Anything, that, Lord, that you want to reveal to us. I pray that you would sow. That, Lord, that we would experience the abundance and the joy that you came to bring 
and that the world would taste and see just how good you are. Do a great work within us here for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen.